Hedger. That's a lot of weed. Yeah, you know. A bit I mean, what I just put into my lungs. How was uh? Yeah. How was Denver? It was fun. I was high a lot, a I, lot, a lot. How uh? <clears throat> how was the elevation change on you there? It was fine. I was not uh. With that light on? No, heavily affected. Um, I I was fine. I got hammered on Super Bowl Sunday night. And uh, I think one other night, maybe. But rest of the time, I was just stony baloney. Nice. Just cruising, cruising the streets. Nice. Did you uh, find a decent place to watch a game at? We did, and we couldn't get into it because by the time we got there two hours before kickoff, it was already standing room only. So plan B was instantly shot into uh, in, in, into into motion and we found a place that was like right around the corner that had nobody sitting in it. And we were like, well, there's a lot of space here. It's not as awesome as the place that we found because the place we found had like a fucking like 80 foot LED screen. And sh- like it was, it was dope. It was right next to Coors Field. Um, and, uh, but they had 60 inch TVs at the bar and it worked. Dude. I was like, yeah. And the fact that the bartenders weren't fast was great for me because it caused me to drink less. Nice. Um, and take take more breaks outside smoking. That so, sounds good. Yeah, I mean, after it was all said and done, between me, the wife, and my two friends I invited, um, with tip, it was 200 bucks for a Super Bowl Sunday. I was like, how did I get away with this kind of murder? I don't know, but but yeah. I, I mean, I'd do that in, shit, by halftime of a, of a Florida State game. Well, maybe the maybe the altitude was getting to you more than you thought. Uh, maybe it was giving me good decision making. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Your boy was on fire up there. And I was doing it legally on multiple sites. That was fun. Oh, yeah, you were out of uh, Florida location, so you could do it. Yeah, Colorado has it all, man. I was using FanDuel and Bet365. Yeah, yeah, I hit a bunch of money sandwiches on the Bet365 for sure. Yeah, I like I like their structure the best because you can alt-line anything almost however the hell you want. And I like that. Yeah, it's a fun Bring little app. Bring it to Florida, goddammit. Yeah, all right, and there you go, Bet365. Get your shit together, Christ's uh, welcome to another episode of the Fucked Up Fantasy Football Podcast, kids. We are uh, doing our 2023-2024 wrap-up, whatever the combination of that is. Tap on the can uh, for the finale is Troll Juice, a juicy Troll pale juice. ale. I love it. Yeah, you know, I think it fits me, suits me pretty well. We're going to uh, break down the Super Bowl because I know uh, a lot of y'all haven't heard anything about it so far, so I figure we'd uh, go into that. We'll break down our bets and... We'll talk about uh, what y'all should be thinking about going into the fantasy season here. Uh, we're going to bring up an old topic on this podcast. I brought it up last year at the end of last season, and uh, we're going to have a slight discussion. Maybe I was one year ahead of my time. Uh, maybe I'm just like the prophet of the National Football League, but we'll get into that later. I I, I am thrilled. Uh, go Kansas City Chiefs. Congratulations, uh, Swifties and co. Um that was what what did you think of the beginning of the game there's one one person one person said that it was a really exciting first half 
and they were actually in Vegas at a Super Bowl uh, party, which I, uh, you know, thought was interesting. What was your take on the first half of the game, Dre? First and foremost, the person that said that clearly was not watching the game and was having a blast at their party. And and good for you, sir or ma'am, because um, you needed that because that was a boring fucking first half. It was boring as shit. Like, what oh, the yeah. fuck, man? I, I had plenty of time to talk to my boy Kelly, who lived out here uh, a couple of years ago for about a year and a half. He's originally from the Colorado area, and we went to high school together in Italy. So I had plenty of time to catch up with him again and, like, the changes in his, his life. That shit was pretty dope. Talking to my main man Santos's wife, Haley, talking to her, making sure she's all good. We're having a good old time because the first half fucking sucked, man. But luckily we had some sound. We had some pretty decent commercials, although I was calling out products and movie trailers before they fucking happened. I'm telling you, man, the altitude, it might be a good thing because I, I, I was seeing the future. Jesus, Jerry, it might have been the weed. I'm just saying it might have been the weed that might have gave you some uh, telepathic powers or uh, psychic powers, I should say. Uh, yeah, I was uh, very surprised that anybody was excited for the first half. I thought that was just unanimously what it was way worse and exactly opposite of what everybody was building it up to be. Everybody thought that it was going to be a banger in the beginning and then the second half was going to be a snooze delicious snooze Rex. But it was exactly the opposite. It, uh, yeah, that just, it, I couldn't believe how boring it was in that first half. It was a really interesting, and that seemed to be the game plan, though, especially for San Francisco. They wanted to bore the Kansas City Chiefs to death. There's like two drives that they had. I think combined there were about 14 minutes in total. Somewhere in that neighborhood might have been a little bit more. It was just it was bananas. They were they were trying to put them to sleep, I felt like, which is a very interesting strategy. I really wasn't waiting for that at all. Uh, I think it's a decent game plan, though. If you want to try, if you're going to have any chance of beating the Chiefs, you would think that you'd want to keep Mahomes off the field, would you not? You do want to keep Mahomes off the field, but at the same point in time, like the defense is really good. It's not really a slouch show over there on defense, so it's kind of a fine tip sword. They're pretty well balanced, so it's kind of, you know, damned if you do and damned if you don't. And let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you think that the game plan, this is what I heard leading into the game, um, it it should be a San Francisco run-heavy type of game plan where they basically control the ball, try not to make mistakes, um, you know, eat the clock up, get down the field, score, and then, you know, hope that their defense is going to do enough to, to, to stop Mahomes. You know, like, that's what I had been hearing all the way through and didn't really sound like a bad game plan going in. Yeah, I think you just have to worry about the offense, though, over there. Like, in the offense, we're really – they. They do have good players, and, you know, it's not saying that, like, CMC has, um, you know, terrible stamina or anything like that, but he is a little bit of an injury risk. But what is separate from being an injury risk is that Debo Samuel, the X factor in that offense, was already banged up. So how long do you want to keep the offense out there and risk honestly getting him hurt when he's he was injured, I think, every week for the last four weeks or he left the game early or, you know, something happened? I think it was there's that probably should have been more you know maybe it was but I would have really centered my game plan around making sure that we number one got Debo Samuel the ball and you know because he only got three catches for 33 yards and he only yeah, ran the bad. ball three times for eight so they didn't even 
that they totally, I think the Kansas City Chiefs, and I talked about this, that was the X factor for the San Francisco 49ers. And the Kansas City Chiefs came to play, and they had a game plan in order to ball him up. And I think that is the reason, ultimately, why the Kansas City Chiefs really won this game. I just, I think that should have been the focus of it. I don't think Christian McCaffrey should have been the focus. He's just going to naturally get whatever opportunities are separate from Debo Samuel. McCaffrey's going to get him, and he's probably going to execute them. So I wouldn't even worry about trying to get him the ball because when he gets it, he's going to be good anyway, you know? Um, yeah, I just, I think the, the 49ers really failed on that uh, for sure. Yeah, CMC was nasty, man. 22 for 80 yards on the ground, eight receptions for 80 yards uh, receiving as well as that touchdown, first touchdown of the game. I don't know what his uh, <clears throat> line was to score first touchdown. I know any time was something like minus 240, so at least you would have gotten – if you did put the money up on that, and I think I did say I would because it just seemed like he just was going – how does he not get in the end zone, right? Uh, but at least that sweat was done and over with quick. Um, on the other side, as far as running the ball, though, Pacheco wasn't exactly. Uh, Before we get effective. to Pacheco, can we talk to can we talk about Jawan Jennings yeah, throwing touchdown, animal. receiving touchdown? Yeah, he just yeah. missed the was, rushing touchdown. I mean, what the hell? That pass was crazy. Mm-hmm. That was such a shit pass. I can't believe mm-hmm. that that went off like that. Like that was just wild, wild. Yep, yep. That was uh, <laughs> that was very entertaining. I mean, if Ayuk leaves, is he is he going to be like the number one? Because Debo, I don't really consider him the number one because he's like like one A to CMC kind of because he plays both roles. Like he's not he's not going to kill you, uh, you know, uh, running routes or anything like that. He's going to catch some shallow shit and just fucking destroy you and run you over and stuff like that. Um, you think Jennings? I, I don't know what his contract situation is, but uh, you think he could <laughs> he could carry the mantle? Because it sounds like Ayuk might be gone. No, John Jennings ain't gonna carry shit. He's always gonna be that <laughs> role player that just kind of you know he's like he's a really good. If we were in the NBA, because you know All Star Weekend, so I'll talk in your terms for a moment here. He'd be really oh, it'd be a really good like sixth man award winner. Like, it's just yeah. kind of that role player that steps in off the bench and like does his thing when he needs to. Clearly. And, uh, yeah, you know, limited opportunities, and when he executes, it'll look good for him. Yeah. Yeah, it was a funky game, man. Who do you think? Okay, so if the Niners would have won the game, who do you think would have been the MVP? Well, CMC for sure. Yeah, CMC. Okay. You know, that was just, uh, you know, I have a a chat group with uh, a younger generation, and uh, the immediate uh, thing in there from one of them was, uh, how come CMC wasn't uh, MVP? I said, well, that's the difference between winners and losers, my friend. You know, if they would have won, he would have been MVP, the end. But you don't reward losers. So yeah. just, the, you know, the way it is. Uh, that's pa- kind of dumb. Pacheco definitely didn't run the ball that well at all. And the uh, Jarek McKinnon hard on definitely didn't come. He didn't even uh, come to fruition. He uh, had zero rushing attempts, kids. So for all that he talk. He out. All that talk. Yeah, no, but it was right at the end. It was right at the – you know, he wasn't ruled out. He got uh, two receiving touches. He yeah, wasn't ruled out. I thought I saw out. something before game. I never, I never saw him in game. I thought I saw something. Yeah, no, he had two catches out. for sure. Stat line, stat line. Yes, two catches, 15 yards. Thought so. Um, yeah, yeah, zero rushing uh, attempts. Patrick Mahomes, 34 for 46, three, 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 two touchdowns and an interception. What a beast. Kid is a beast. Kid is an absolute yeah. – Beast. Uh, do we start talking dynasty for the Kansas City Chiefs here, Big Game? What's the 
it's a deal here. I said I said in our last episode, if they do win this Super Bowl, I think we have no choice but to do so. Um, I remember you mentioning you weren't too happy with the idea of them being a dynasty or even the talk about it. Um, have you changed your feelings at all? I I, I wasn't. Yes. I but that you're. Uh, that's a big uh, fake news, uh, Fox News attempt there, truncating my quote. I said that I didn't like the dynasty talk because they just made it to the Super Bowl. If they won the Super Bowl, then yes, we're going to call them a dynasty. But you're never a dynasty if you just make it to the Super Bowl and keep on losing. Because if you want to say that, so there's two dynasties then. Because the San Francisco 49ers have been to three Super Bowls in the recent future, uh, two in the last three years, and they have lost both times. So are we going to start fucking calling the San Francisco 49ers a dynasty? No. That's fucking insane. So I was completely not with the fact that people were calling the Kansas City Chiefs a dynasty when they just got to the Super Bowl. They need to win that shit to become a dynasty. And so, yes, I will call the Kansas City Chiefs a current dynasty of our time, Jerry. I think that's okay. I think that's the correct answer. Um, you can call the San Francisco 49ers a lot what you might have called the Bills of the 90s, a conference dynasty. They're garbage, <laughs> they man. The, they're really good in the conference every year. It's unbelievable. It all Shanahan <laughs> just can't fucking finish, man. He's 0-3 in the Super Bowls. And not only being 0-3 in the Super Bowls, he's 0-3 when being up at least 10 points. Every single time he's been in the last three attempts, he's been up over 10 points, and that motherfucker has lost. He has lost. He is trash. He is just I'm, one, I'm wondering man. about him right now because, like, especially with the aftermath, how, you know, they fired Steve Wilkes, the D.C. Yeah, horrible. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's your fault, man. Like, eh, I don't know. Before I forget, I wrote it down. You said recent future. That was... That was a little, little confusing, but I, I just wanted to point that out real quick. Recent future. We're winding about one minute, kids. Well, yeah, you know, we're in the recent future. So there's like the not, <laughs> there's like the not so recent future where you know it's gonna be. It's basically past. But I'm just saying, right in this moment, right now, this is where they're they're at. I love it. I love it. I just recent future, baby. I love it. Put that shit on a t-shirt. You're a ridiculous human being. Um, uh, anything else from uh, the Super Bowl that I'm missing? Um, oh. Well, no, because I can talk about this in my bets that I won. And I'll talk about the ones I lost, too. Well, isn't that neat, then? Why don't we just get into it, Jerry? Yes, sir. Our betting recap for 2023. I uh, squeaked it out, kids. I squeaked it out. I have first place in uh, winning percentage at 599 with a 61, 40, and 1 record for the year. Molly is second. She was right there. 56 and 38 with a 596 uh, winning percentage. And Brooke coming out of nowhere. Um, absolutely nowhere. Finishing with a 54 and 40. Uh, good for a 574 winning percentage. And uh, Jerry, as we uh, you know talked about in the pregame, you, sir, are 
checking in last. Uh, you have finished at 49 and 41 at a 538 winning percentage, which is not actually too bad. Let's give it uh, get a couple shouts. Uh, yeah, I am. I'm, I am really. Uh, I'm pretty pleased. I think this uh, this went really well. To be honest, I uh, yeah, Brooke absolutely tore shit up. Like absolutely, in uh, I don't even know what week this is. This is uh, probably like week six or seven, I guess. She was eighteen and twenty four, and she finished. <clears throat> 54 in 40. I'm just saying that's uh <laughs> that is an absolute tear. So, good job, Brooke. That was quite the uh quite the turnaround. It was looking like you were about to become completely irrelevant in this pick thing. And uh, awesome. Yay! man, like absolutely outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. How uh how do you feel, Jerry? You, sir, at 5.38, that usually what you're calling an industry expert uh, prognosticator is about 65%. So none of us missed that threshold, but we still had over a 500 record. How do you feel about your 5.38 performance uh, this year, sir? That I am clearly not an expert. That's, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm clearly not an expert, so... Um... You know, I, I hope everyone played responsibly if they were tailing any of my picks. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I'll i try to do better next year. Um, it'll be good, though. It's close. We, uh, we all put up respectable numbers. There's a lot of pick shows where I know at least, you know, one person finishes below 500. You know, congratulations again to everybody for finishing above. I think that's a, a pretty good accomplishment for sure. And uh, we were all right in Super Bowl weekend. That, uh, you know, that's a good way to to finish everything off, to be honest with you. Sweating our asses off, too. One of the, uh, oh, I didn't even add that prop bet, but uh, I guess it was just like a random prop bet that we were having. But I definitely hit that both uh, second half teams to have a lead, uh, or both teams to have a lead in the second half that was paying out at plus 160. And, uh, yeah, massive, uh, massive pull there. And... Two years in a row, kids. Two years in a fucking row. Purple Gatorade makes an appearance at the Super Bowl. We both lose out, Jerry, on orange and yellow uh, as our two plugged-in answers for this year. As they say, better luck next year. Yeah, I guess they like that grape. Man, wild. I had a variety of uh, props, but the big play was the one that I mentioned. I was going to do some kind of a tease. I teased the the Chiefs up. I got them up to, uh, what was it? Eight and an over under of 40 and a half. So I went over and one quarter in, I'm sweating my balls off already because I'm like, holy shit, I should have taken the under. And, and that's what I wanted all along. And I faded myself. So it took the entire game to finally go over that overtime, like insured it. But man, that was a big hit. Now with the Chiefs being down, I took them in the second half minus three. Very big, big hit. Props that were winners. I had Mahomes over one and a half touchdown. I had my man Kyle Juszczyk, Juszczyk, whatever his name is. I can't say it. I apologize. To catch at least one pass and for that one pass to go over three and a half yards. He did that in one play. That was a big banger. And then MVS. Didn't see that coming. Went over his yardage prop of over 18 and a half. Now the losers, National Anthem, Reba, fuck you. You didn't have to do that extra brave like you did. Like you fucked it up right there. It was winning until you threw that little extra thing, the little Aretha shit. She probably had some people on FanDuel working for her. 
Kelsey touchdown, no good. KC first half plus a half, no good. Kittle touchdown, no good. And I fell for the trap. Will they show Kelsey's girlfriend in the first five minutes of the game? And they didn't. Fuckers. They, really? They didn't? They didn't. Because they didn't cash. Oh, and I took KC live twice in the game for plus money. So I cleaned up. Weird. I thought they definitely showed her. They showed her a million times in that fucking game. It was really annoying. Yeah, just not in the first five minutes, man. That was, I was, I was a stan. I fell for that one. I fucking scumbag. Gotcha. But yeah, so had a good, had a good, uh, had a good Sunday. Super Sunday. Woohoo! <laughs> There, uh, there's a lot of things going on in uh, in the NFL right now. They definitely, uh, they definitely did not waste time uh, making roster moves. There's already a few releases, and there's already a little bit of chatter about what's going on. The latest and greatest uh, headline that I really wanted to talk to you about that came through the uh, the news headlines for me today is that the Minnesota Vikings are refusing to guarantee Kirk Cousins' contract uh, in full. So it's going to be either a partial contract or nothing. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, to Mr. Jerry? I think they uh, they have Nick Mullins, your favorite, and that other guy I can't even remember uh, as their quarterbacks currently on the roster. That uh, well, have the Pastronaut, and he won't be there next year. No, Pastronaut is not uh, not no. on payroll. I believe they released him. Um, I can't remember the other guy's name either, the rookie, but. Uh, that's the first time I'm hearing about that. And I can't blame him for it because he is coming off an Achilles injury. And, you know, whether the science says otherwise, I know people who have suffered Achilles injuries. Um, and they say it's just never the same and it's unpleasant and all that shit. So, I mean, but what if he, what if he goes to Aaron Rodgers? And he has incredible mentorship to come back. Yeah, and and he gets him the right the same masseuse that's been rubbing his heel in his foot for the last just saying. six months. Um, I think the Vikings are smart in doing this because honestly, unless there's some kind of major movement going on in the NFL, which is a possibility, uh, there's a lot of names that, that could be shuffling around. Um, what other choice do they have? Like, why would you just like guarantee a shit ton of money to a guy that you can't guarantee is going to be on the field? Because as a quarterback, he's going to command, you're going to think at least 35, 40. If Daniel Jones can get 40, why can't Kirk Cousins? Well, that's just it. And they, they signed the other, just in case everyone forgot, it was a three year at 84 million fully guaranteed. So, and then he signed a couple of extensions after that, but yeah, he's going to be commanding top dollar, top, top dollar. So, I don't know. I think it's best I would not guarantee money. I think this whole guaranteed money on the contracts thing is absolutely ridiculous, and Kirk Cousins was the start of it. He was the first one that had that contract that was guaranteed for a crazy amount of money, which you never deserve. So, I'm happy that they're uh, I'm happy that they're kind of moving away from that. Did you have anything else to say about Curdy Cousins? Um, no, I mean, I hope I hope he can come back. I mean, after watching him on the Netflix special thing, I like him as a human being, like everybody else did. I was like, oh, man, I always, like, root for that guy. I hope he does well. He's just a nice guy. There's not enough nice people in the world, so root for the good guy. No, nothing else on him. Um, next quarterback I'd like to discuss. 
Dangerous. What about is him? He, where's he? Where's he gonna cook? Because it's it's pretty much a sure thing that he's gonna get fucking dropped by Denver. I mean, I have no idea where he would actually go. I don't like him. I don't think he's a good quarterback. I have no idea where he would even. Like he's just not that good. I get in a lot of trouble for that, but good thing you went to Denver and proved it for me. Um, I mean, I just don't see like he's gonna want a ridiculous amount of money, and nobody's gonna want to pay that to him. So he could potentially not even play next year in the beginning of the year. He might sign on with somebody later. Like, why why would you take the risk if he comes in there and be like, Oh, I want 40 million? I'd be like, fuck you. Have you did you watch yourself last year, my guy? Like, you can step back a little bit. You can, you know, maybe play for some bonuses and get there eventually, like, during the season. You know, you can, you know, suit that up. But no goddamn fucking way I wouldn't be putting up money for him. And I just, I don't see an organization that is, like, you know, in need of a quarterback that won't achieve getting something better than he is in the draft um, or potentially trading draft capital for it. So, yeah, I just don't see anywhere logical at this moment in time for Russell Wilson to go to right now. What are your thoughts on it? I think what you're saying, absolutely correct. The only difference is that <clears throat> I do believe he's going to make $35.5 million next year no matter what. So if he's cut, that means he's getting the money no matter what. He can take a, a like a pay cut somewhere and go to a team that's quote unquote a quarterback, a decent quarterback away. I'm I don't I don't think he's earned a big contract at all. To your point, like he's he played like absolute shit the last two years. Granted, two very, very fucked up situations. Nathaniel Hackett was not a coach, not a head coach. Like that was a mess. So like that. That's going to screw up anybody. I think I, I think there are very few quarterbacks that would have been able to survive that. Um, and then this year, you know, another new coach, like, it just – it was a mess, man. It was a mess from the beginning. It, it was never meant to be. So he got himself <clears throat> a bunch of money real quick. He can go sign for $10, 15000000 million somewhere, and that's – he still ends up making like $50 million on the year. So – I mean, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if someone like Atlanta went after him. Uh, if they got desperate enough, maybe the Steelers. No, uh, uh, they they they're not trying to run with they. They they want they need a new quarterback. They know that Mike Tomlin knows that, but that's a topic of another discussion. Um. <clears throat> I think it's going to be really, really interesting. But to your point, though, about the he could sit around and wait, he could also do that. He could just sit around. Some quarterback gets hurt. Let's say I, – I don't want to say anybody's name because I don't want to jinx him. Somebody gets hurt for a, for a, con, a title-contending team, a playoff-bound team. He goes in there, and all he has to do is do what Joe Flacco did, you know, and cruise into the end of the season. I mean, Joe Flacco's defense – Joe Flacco and the defense together let the Cleveland Browns down. Because Joe Flacco became Joe Flacco again, and the defense didn't show up, and they've been one of the highest ranked all season. So that's a whole combination of things. But it could be a situation just like that. So maybe Arizona. Interesting. Maybe if they got rid of Kyler Murray because he's kind of a baggage uh, type of dude, maybe they might give up on him and or bring Russell Wilson in this year as a backup and then run with him next year uh, full time. 
the Raiders make also Raiders sense. Just yeah, that. Raiders <laughs> make sense to me. Um, but other than that, I really got those are kind of the two that often. There's no way he's going to the Steelers. I don't see any way of that happening. I, so I don't either. But I just wanted to throw it out there because I feel like, and I hate to say it, he could be a pretty good fit. I'm not saying a great fit or anything. I just I think he'd be a pretty good fit in that system where they are very methodical and, you know, they just need somebody to go out there who can deliver the ball, who, who understands, you know, the game enough, unlike what they've had the last couple of years, it, it could prove to be helpful. But, I, yeah, I think it's a long shot. But, you know, long shot means they have some kind of a shot. Yeah, Who's we'll see. I know nothing about fucking Terry Fontenot, Fontenot, whatever the fuck his name is over there, the new GM in Atlanta. So he could be, you know, surprising all of us and just do something ridiculous. Uh, sure. Micah Parsons is talking a lot. Holy fuck. All of a sudden he's become like the new Jerry Jones for the Dallas Cowboys talking about how he doesn't want to get paid right now. And we got to get CD lamb mm-hmm. taken care of first. That was what he came up with last week. Uh, today he decided to talk about Tony Pollard and how Tony Pollard should get another chance because he had a pretty bad injury last year. And he did, you know, he broke his fibula, um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. Micah Parsons has had a lot to say, and uh, I I mean I just yeah. What do you what do you see as a non Cowboys fan? Maybe that's what I should uh, I should ask. I'm not gonna uh, comment on this as a non Cowboys fan. I'm just gonna comment on this as just me. I I don't like how the climate is right now and the way things are right now, where everybody. Everybody needs a platform. Like how how current players are like trying to get big in the podcast game. Like a podcast game is becoming very, very like big and, and it's a huge fad right now. And like you can really blow up on it. Um, I don't like when current players get on there and start politicking and things like that. And it, I, I don't know, man. I just it, it it bothers me a little bit for some reason. And I I don't know. It just it just seems like they're they're trying to overextend their their reach, things like that. It's I was having a conversation about LeBron in that way, how like he tries to manipulate the media and how he speaks in a certain way and just everything is always molded and shaped exactly how he wants it. And to me it, it kind of waters down the product. It kinda it, it just I, I don't I have a hard time watching that, you know, watching that that player perform, man or woman. Um, it, and it might fall into that whole shut up and dribble shit, but I, I don't really want to hear all of that. I, if there's something you need to speak on, speak on it, but like you're, you just go out and play your game and just whoop, whoop some ass and, and, and be the best at it. And, and that's it. And keep proving it. And it's okay to say, oh yeah, this guy needs to get paid. That guy needs to get paid, but do that over the correct outlets. I don't know that like doing it on your own forum is the best way to do it because it's, it's it's so like biased by one, you know, you have your fans and that's it. And then you got the people that don't like you and then that's it. So it's like, I don't, that's why I don't want to speak on it as a non cow, as a Cowboys hater. Well, you, know, you just, are already because you've talked about it. Um, I think that it was, off. it was good for him to talk about CD lamb, just saying that, you know, he'll step out of the way and take the contract. Uh, that's fine. But I think talking about offensive matters and just kind of getting into that is just none of his fucking business. And he should probably shut up. Uh, focus on the yeah. defense. You guys have a new defensive coordinator that's in town, and you guys need to really fucking figure it out because you didn't really uh, do too well when it counted. 
So he needs to fucking figure that out and shut up, I think. And and stop trying to win all-star basketball MVPs, although he did win it. But, yeah. I think that I'm still sticking with C.D. Lamb as the number one pick in the draft next year. I can't do it. I can't do it. Who would you take? I, I, I'm, I'm taking CMC. <clears throat> it's It's been proven to me that – in this system, since he's been on this team and the role that he has been been given, that he clearly can handle it, and that the uh, ill-fated dark cloud that was over him all the time, the fucking injury bug that kept biting him, that's a thing of the past. And I don't, I don't believe it's just because he's in a better system, he's happier. I, I think he has a he has a better organization that he's playing for as well, an organization that has a better medical staff and a better like strength and conditioning people, people that are keeping him in shape and keeping his body prepared for everything that's, that, that's coming at him. And it also helps that you have good players around you that can protect you. Although he's taking hits all the time, he's got a great line in front of him. So he's always got, he's, he's, he's had the luxury of, of being on a great team. So that helps. I, so for that reason and the production, he's back to the CMC. He was early in his career. He's that guy again. We're going to get, I think, at least two to maybe three more years of this. Three, if we're lucky. I think two with a, with a third option. Um, and then it's like, okay, you know, it, it's it, like the running back curse will start to hit him and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 can't, I can't go any other way. He's, he's just such a valuable asset. And he shows up every fucking week. It's crazy, man. It's, it's just crazy. Yeah, I uh, I can't argue with that. I can definitely understand. I've just been burned by running backs before. I famously took Ladaley and Tomlinson uh, back in the day when he uh, tore his ACL in week one. I think it was week one or something like that, week two. So, yeah, I've uh, I've learned to not trust running backs in uh, fantasy football. It uh, t- tried, tested, and true strategy, I think. I agree. It's a, it's a dangerous game, but we like to play it. Last year, I talked about the Chicago Bears um, getting rid of Justin Fields. I was pretty adamant about it, but the only reason I was adamant about it is because I didn't know that the Carolina Panthers uh, like to smoke meth and then do shots of mezcal and tequila and a little bit of bourbon and then some little bit of crack and then probably a little bit more meth after that. Uh, that trade that they pulled off was absolutely one of the wildest things I've ever seen in my life. And the Chicago Bears are in a unique position with having the number one draft pick again. Do they trade Justin Fields, Jerry, and take the risk on Caleb Williams? Or do they stay with Justin Fields? And, uh, you know, what uh, What would you do? I thought I honestly thought this was going to happen last year. I thought that they were going to trade out. Uh, get the number one draft pick and take Stroud or Bryce Young and uh, just get rid of Justin Fields and away from that. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm I very interested to see what the Chicago Bears do with the number one draft pick this year. I am too. Um, <clears throat> as I've said many times, I do not like Caleb Williams. Um, he's already there, There's already a rumor out there that he doesn't want to go to Chicago. So a source of his or someone around him has said he doesn't want to go to Chicago. It, it's, it's like whether that's true or not, the fucking guy doesn't care about football. He only wants to be a star. That's all he gives a shit about. So I'm going to be the GM of the Bears, and I'm going to trade that number one pick. Or I'm going to make a deal with somebody and say, hey, I'll go ahead and grab Caleb Williams for you. This is what we want. And fleece their asses again, whoever it is. Like, get all of it. Because guess what? 
Justin Fields is not a bad quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback. He's not the best quarterback. But we've seen him be absolutely dominant, like go out there and just do things. I would imagine if you put some pieces around him, if you gave him a, an offensive line, if he had another – actually, he does have a tight end now. He's got Komet. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Moore. DJ Moore did shine. He had a pretty good fucking year. Their running back situation has been up and down, but you can get anybody with that. Like, if they got another guy, like, they're not too far away, man. So all these draft picks, all these assets they could potentially acquire, plus having the number nine pick, why Why wouldn't you go ahead and take a fucking King's Ransom? Like, for all that, like, yes, please. Like, fuck Caleb Williams, dude. Like, I'm keeping Justin Fields all day, every day. Like, that's there's there's no thought behind that for me personally. Yeah, I uh, I understand that part on it. It'll be interesting to see what they do, uh, I think, because, yeah, it's, uh, you know, Justin Fields, you got to pay him big money soon. He's got to get out of that rookie contract and really give him a lot of money. And uh, I just, I don't, uh, I don't know. I they, just, do, I, they do have a franchise year at least. So, I mean, it'll, it will cost them like $36 million, but, um, you know, they have that. I, I, I honestly think they can really turn things around in two years. And that's the window that they have before they have to really like pay this guy. So I, I don't know, man. It just, it just seems to make more sense to me. And, and by no means am I saying Caleb Williams isn't a talented player. Like if anything, if they're going to go quarterback, go take Drake may. I've been saying it all season long to me, that kid's the best quarterback in the draft. That guy's got Joe Burrow all over him, except he's bigger. It's it's insane. Like I, he could be like a hybrid Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, like that kind of height and just confidence in the pocket that that Herbert has in the arm with Burrow's just fucking ninja assassin, like just demeanor. Like it, the kid's really fucking good. So if they want to get a quarterback, go get that dude. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to take closer look into it once we get up. Uh... Up near our draft preview episode, I heard that there's going to probably be six or seven quarterbacks taken uh, in the first day, so yep. it should be uh, it should be pretty interesting. To say the least. It's gonna be wild. It's gonna be wild, man. I don't know. I don't know. Um, you got any other interesting little storylines that you're that that you're wanting to know more about as the uh, off season? Beat really begins. You know, we've got they're already talking about it. What is it tomorrow or the next day that the franchise tag window opens up? Yeah, I mean, I just want to see where Bill Belichick goes. I don't, I'm not convinced that he's not going to be a coach yet or a GM or some sort of consultant somewhere. So I just kind of want to see where those chips fall because then I think <laughs> that some free agent things are going to happen, you know, not particularly with anyone in particular. I'm just saying it'll motivate people to sign, you know. Some free agents out there and etc. So, I'm just interested to see where he goes. To be honest, that's really the only uh, only storyline I'm looking forward to. I have ten names that five five wide receivers and five running backs that I'm interested in seeing where they where they end up next year. I'll start with the wide receivers: T. Higgins, Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley, Gabe Davis, Michael Pittman. For the running backs: Jacobs, Saquon, Pollard, Austin Eckler. And finally, King Henry. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see where where those guys all end up. I think all but probably two, maybe three of them 
are going to be in different uniforms. Interesting. I think a lot of people think like nine out of 10 of those are going to be on maybe eight. Yeah, I said two or three, so it's close, eight. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's it's going to be, yeah. It's And then you've got the combine coming up in a couple of weeks, a few weeks. I think it's like two, three weeks away. So then we get to see grown men run really fast in, in tight clothing and, and, and talk about it. And, oh, man, he can bench press a lot. Cool. He jumps high. I'm super not going to pay attention to any of that bullshit. I never, the, actually, the only thing that I pay attention to, I'm not going to lie. There's one thing at the NFL Combine that I pay attention to, kids, and that is when Rich Eisen straps on and does the 40-yard dash. It is absolutely fucking hilarious. It is easily my favorite part of the National Football League compound, uh, Combine, and that's uh, that's all I watch every single year. I'm not going to lie. All of it else is useless. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for the final episode of the 2023 season for the Fucked Up Fantasy Football Podcast. Congratulations, Jerry. You made it. I didn't kill you. Good job. Yeah. I uh, had a lot of fun. Uh, thanks for uh, showing up. We, uh, you know, I got super sick there, so we had to miss an episode, but it is what it is. But other than that, we did uh, we did a pretty good job. I, uh, again, uh, kudos. Good job, man. Right back at you, man. Thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure uh, doing this every week with you. And I'm looking forward to next season because um, it, it can only get better from here. I mean, who knows? We could double our listenerhood, you know? Shout out to Brazil. It probably will. Uh, we seen we we just missed another doubling this year, like consistently. Like here and there on some of the episodes, we doubled. But as a consistent user base, we're just under the doubling. So, uh, which is good. Where uh, consistency is key. Uh, it's way better than one percent a day. So that's kind of my uh, goal with this thing. Uh, shout out to everybody who uh, takes the time and listens to our absolute fuckery. I know uh, sometimes it's definitely not. Uh, where it uh, focused, uh, I, th- I think is what I want to say, but it doesn't matter. We uh, we give you the 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 advice that is winning, kids. Again, our bets, all of us over 500. If you bet with us this season, you definitely made some money. If you listen to this guy right here, anyway, you probably won a fantasy football championship or one or two. Jerry will figure it out next year. I promise, guys, for sure. Thanks again for joining us for another season. We will uh, see you guys when they're pre-draft breakdown uh that usually occurs like i don't know a couple of days after or before where we we really don't talk about the draft we just talk about the updated news headlines it's kind of one of my favorite episodes of the year anyways thanks again jerry good night everybody fuck you giants go cowboys whatever man (laughs) whatever mayan we love you diane hey man hey man can't wait to talk about dan man